are now listening to The Awakened Soul. Welcome to The Awakened Soul. This is Hayes, back yet again. We got a heck of a show planned for you guys tonight. I definitely wanted to open the show. I guess this is starting to be just our format with... Like I said, welcoming you guys, preparing you for what you're going to hear in this week's show. Uh, we have another time uh, discussing the group Outcast and, and what they've done and continue to do in the music industry. We also have um, Andrew Bello is back in the Stay Woke segment to discuss some more of the fallout from the Charlottesville incident. Um, I definitely wanted to have him back since he was there when we originally talked about it. And, you know, let me start this off by apologizing to Andrew. I know I keep bringing him on for semi heavy topics and. A, that's because I, I trust him and I respect the guy's opinion on basically everything. Like Andrew's one of those people who I feel comfortable talking to about almost anything in life. Well, no, everything in life. Let me not say almost. But um, on top of that, we don't have a dedicated film or TV section today just because there's, there hasn't really been much to go on. I, I do I, I do mention a little bit um, from film and TV in my in my the first segment of the day which i guess i'm still not sure what to call it it's just off the rip with with me but um so i that that's that's the show we have planned for you guys today um we also will be answering a few questions towards the telling in the show i didn't get to it last week i promise you guys i'll get to it this week um again we had a few relationship questions come on so i definitely wanted to touch base on that i didn't want to leave those people hanging for too long let's let's you know what let's just go ahead and let's get into the show this is the awakened soul i am ceo hayes let's get So I will be remiss if I did not start off this podcast by saying rest in peace to Dick Gregory, um, someone who was a stand up comedian, a social activist who ran for president as a write in. This guy's life was just amazing for anyone who's not familiar with him. Definitely look him up. Do some research. Like I said, the guy, he started off in, in stand-up comedy. And uh, he was actually Hugh, uh, founded, not really founded, but noticed by Hugh Hefner, who took a big liking and interest in him early on. Um, it definitely helped spread his word, getting someone of that, of that level to really uh, enjoy his comedy. But the biggest part of, of what Dick Gregory is probably going to be known and remembered for is his activism. He's been... Very involved in the goings on around, you know, race and, and just other activism for the better part of 50 years, if not longer. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely wanted to start this off by saying rest in peace to someone who's such a great man and example of what you, what we all should be doing with stuff that we believe in. And there's no reason not to get involved in things like this and in social injustices. And, you know, especially in this day and age where we all have the ability to have a voice, I have this podcast, but you know, we have social media that connects us with people who live States, even countries away that we can definitely all rally and, and do our part in civil in civil rights. And that's not just about black people. I mean, everyone. And, you know, if we all can focus on, you know, in 
improving the life of all Americans, not necessarily just blacks or just whites and come together on trying to make this country a better place. God, just what what an awesome situation that could be for everyone. And, you know, unfortunately, I do have to move on from something and someone so positive into, you know, I don't give away idiots awards or donkey of the day like some people do. But Jermichael Finley, who came out over the last week, and I'm I'm, I'm going to read this as best as I can. And, you know, you, you form your own opinion of it. I'm going to definitely give mine over the course of this podcast. But he claimed that athletes are out of bounds for discussing race and political issues due to being role models. Let's just stop for a minute and just think about that statement. So you're saying that someone who is in the public eye, who has the platform to talk and all people will listen, which is highlighted by the fact that he said this and it spread it spread as much as what it did. You're saying that because you're a role model to kids, you should not speak up against injustices and on political issues. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but. I'm sorry, sir. You are an idiot. And and I don't apologize for that at all. I'll take that apology back. Sorry, not sorry. He's just flat out an idiot. His own wife then came out and, you know, talked about their biracial kids and, and asked him to basically wake up. He followed that up later with sending a tweet saying that he will take his own advice and he will educate himself on how to contribute to solving racial injustices. So at least he, he, he noticed his, his error in, in his ways there. It's good that his wife, you know, and, and everyone, that's what your spouse should do. Your spouse should be someone who helps you notice things. Your significant other, even if they're not necessarily your spouse, should be someone who sees things and can make you open your eyes to certain things that you don't know. They should be able to call you out on your stuff, basically. And that's exactly what she did. More power to her. And and some power to him for at least noticing that. Now let's see if he actually does it. He may just scurry off and we may never hear from him again. He may have just said that kind of cool. And then we never really see any, any type of activism from him. And, you know, act, act, activism is not something that you need to necessarily go out and scream at the mountaintops of in social injustices. It's about trying to at least speak on them. Enough to when you're asked about them, have those conversations with your kids and your loved ones and try to do even if it's a little bit. I think that that that's what the least that anyone could do, especially someone who I said, again, is at that public level and in that public eye. Um, so it's just I read that and it was something that I just I just hung my head low for a minute. It, 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 I don't get it. I don't get why. And these people have publicists and they have other people who are around who are supposed to be helping them with stuff like this and he just went flat out and said one of the most idiotic things athlete has ever said and you know it is what it is there but that that brought me to a larger issue and that is you know i said last week how we feel more comfortable talking for hours about sports but not really about things that are going on in in the political world just in the world and and injustices and i want to commend 
the athletes of the NBA. We had, you know, LeBron James spoke out against it. Kevin Durant spoke out against it. It, it, it's, it's, you, the NBA players for some reason seem to be some of the ones uh, of, of American athletes who are most comfortable speaking out against certain things. And, you know, Kevin Durant, even though, uh, invite has not been extended yet from our president, Donald Trump on, inviting the the nba champion warriors to the white house said that he would not go and you know if that's what he believes in more power to him he should stand up he should explain on the public stage of why he doesn't like that so then people it it may wake up awareness in somebody else someone who follows kevin durant who may not necessarily ever really pay attention to things like that may then go out and educate themselves strictly because their favorite basketball player did so so Hats off and kudos to Kevin Durant for doing that and all the NBA players and players in general who speak out on things like this. What I also want to give a shout out to is Chance the Rapper, who is the youngest person on Fortune's 40 under 40 list, which lists the most influential people who are under 40. And, you know, other notable people on this list is Serena Williams at number seven, Kevin Hart at number 17. Um this is it's a great list to be it's a great accomplishment for him uh to to get to and the fact that this guy has had probably one of the best two year stretches of anybody like he's he, he, and not even just for music i mean the guy does so much activism as well as while we're talking about things like that you know president obama actually congratulated congratulated him also for serving as the grand marshal in the city's uh bud billiken parade so Hats off to Chance the Rapper as he continues to just be one of my favorite artists, not only just for music, but for the other stuff that he's doing in the world. And coming down to kind of go back to what, where we kind of started on this at, and that was in the world of sports. You know, football season is is fast approaching, which then means basketball season is coming right around the corner from that, too. It's an exciting time for me and my family, um, even though both my teams are just they're probably going to be terrible. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm a avid Chicago sports follower. So um, the, the Bears and the Bulls are my two teams in the NFL and the NBA. And God, it's going to be a rough year. But. I love basketball in general, football as well. I can almost watch any level of football and basketball. So, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's an exciting time for me and pray for my team. Like just, just pray for the Chicago Bulls. You know, they traded away Jimmy Butler for anyone who's in the know on that. And our teams just, we're going to be bad for the next couple of years. Hopefully they make good decisions. That front office there. I'm, I'm attaching my wagon to Zach Levine. Hopefully. He comes back from that injury still at 100%. Um, like I said, it's just, man, that's going to be, yeah, it's going to be rough. Hayes needs your prayers, people. If I didn't sell that point enough, I definitely, definitely need your prayers because when the Bulls lose, it's never a good day for me. Luckily, over the past few seasons, they, they've won more than they lost. But this year... That's definitely not going to be the case unless something miraculous happens. So there may be a few times you get me on this podcast and I'm ranting about uh, the Bulls and once other things going on in the world. But, you know, I now have this as an outlet. So hopefully I don't get on you guys' nerves too bad for, um, for for complaining about my team to go back uh, into into some other, you know, non just personal news to me. We, we got. Um, for anyone that knows, I'm, I'm a huge Kendrick Lamar fan. I'm also a big J. Cole fan. And, you know, we've gotten teases over the years and rumors over the years of them having an album together, which I think would just, it would just murder. Uh, but we do get Terrence, uh, Henderson, aka Punch, uh, who's the president of TDE on Twitter saying that that album may never happen. 
man, that that was a kick in the stomach to me. But hopefully, you know, we get some collaboration between the two, if not necessarily a full fledged album. I'm going to remain hopeful. He deleted the tweets uh, a little bit after that. But come on, man, that that's just it, that, that's too too much money to leave on the table not to happen. Right. That just has to happen. And I know we usually talk about some really deep and reflective things, and we'll definitely, we're definitely getting into that, uh, closer to the, the start of this podcast. But I wanted to talk about some things that have some levity, at least to them, especially after I hit you guys over the head, uh, to start with last week on some, on some topics that were just, it was just kind of pissing me off. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that J. Cole, and anyone who knows me knows music is just a, a very big part of my life. If, if I haven't nailed that, that home enough over the course of this podcast god why 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 can that not happen let's 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 just keep it in prayer people let's let's definitely keep it in prayer okay so before we end this segment and get into the rest of the show i do have to mention also as well as um respects going out to all the families affected by the terrorist attacks in spain um the details are still coming through it looks like Four people have been detained for questioning so far, none of which have links to any terror, terrorism or uh, terrorist related cells so far. Like I said, details are still coming out. Uh, we got looks like 13 people were killed, more than 100 injured. There was at least one American killed uh, in these terrorist attacks as well. But there are people from all over all over the world who were affected by by this attack um, that, they, that were represented in, in, like I said, the terrorist attacks that were either injured or lost their lives. And this is the, the type of thing that I was talking about last week. And then we'll also talk about in the Stay Woke segment of this week. It, while we're sitting here fighting each other, Americans, uh, over who believes in what political party who supports who racism which should go away there's things like this going on in the world and america i mean we're we're one of the biggest superpowers in all of the world and we need to be able to focus on going out there and getting those terrorist cells instead of fighting each other here in the United States. And I said I wanted to start this off not getting so deep or, or like I did last week, but I definitely wanted to mention that it's it's just let's keep in mind. I, I fully believe for standing up for what you believe in protesting if you want to violence needs to stop. But while we're fighting each other on all those things, there are terrorists in the world who are planning harm. To other countries, yes, this did not happen on American soil, but you can't let things like this go unchecked. It's just going to keep getting worse from here, people. And I don't want to play conspiracy theorists. I don't want to entice, you know, worry or concern across the world. But this is the stuff that we need to kind of stay aware of. Uh, this, this attack happened in Barcelona, a place that I've personally visited with my family. This could have been this could have been me, my dad and my sisters, my mother. They got affected by this. So keep that in mind. Let, let's let's kind of stop or at least get control over the internal battles we're fighting here in our own country so that we can go out and be that world power that we need to be and help the betterment of the world, not just necessarily America. Let's. So, I mean, that that ends the open segment. Like I said, the, the, the opening thing is starting to evolve into just me going off topics that that really left me with something uh, to talk about that we didn't necessarily get to address in one of the segments in the show itself. Let me know what you think about that being in, in that format. But we are getting ready to get into 
the Stay Woke segment of the day, which Andrew Bello is joining me for again. So we're going to take another brief break. After the music, we will be getting into the Stay Woke segment. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Stay Woke segment of the podcast, and we have our very first returning guest to the Awakened Soul podcast, my good friend, the Andrew Bello. Andrew, what's going on? Not too much, man. I am. Uh, I was honored and to have to be on the first time, and now even more so humbled that you you thought it was good a good idea to have me back. I got to tell you, man, this podcast isn't going to last very long. You keep bringing me on every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, you you joke with that. I've received seriously. I've gotten a lot feed a lot of feedback back from the last episode, but specifically, there's been probably a good fifteen emails that specifically referenced you and saying how. Uh, and it's, they're all about the same saying how once once you said you were a Trump supporter, they expected it to go one way and you to have views one way and that you actually didn't go the way that they were expecting. They actually. And surprisingly, not surprisingly, because you're a smart young man, is that a lot of people agreed with the points that you had to make. So good. And uh, I'm glad people stayed, you know, stayed woke long enough to to get to that part of it and didn't just turn it off. So thank you, anybody out there who had the, the positive feedback. That's good to hear. Absolutely, absolutely. But we're here again, unfortunately, not to awaken any anything anybody about anything really different than we did last week. Um, it's more fallout from the Charlottesville situation, and I mean, it's not just based off that because some other things have come out. Um, President Trump made. A statement then he, he then made another statement and I do want to point out that the his original um, thing that the conference was about was to talk about the infrastructure I I think that those that all the drama that came out of that really overshadowed a good thing that he was trying to do with to you know to cut down money and to cut down how much time it takes to make f- changes and fixes to our infrastructure I, I, I think that it's gone nobody's even talking about that the fact that that's what the, that was originally for. So before we get into the the drama, so to say, what did you think about the infrastructure portion? Like, do you agree that it's stuff that needs to happen, right? Yeah, this was something he talked about a lot during his campaign. And this is sort of one of the actually fairly conservative things about Trump as somebody who leans conservative on a lot of issues. He doesn't necessarily reflect conservative values across the board, but cutting of regulation and defederalizing things um, and, and infrastructure amongst a whole slew of other things he wants to do that within just uh, in pharmaceutical fields and in energy production and all sorts of stuff. He wants to just kind of get it down so that if you actually have a good idea and a good project or a good something that you want to build, that you could do it without being dragged through months, if not years of paperwork before you actually ever get anything even started as far as the project goes. He's a builder. He knows this kind of stuff is it gets in the way of bigger projects. And he's looking at some of the other countries that he goes to on business and they have bigger and nicer things because they have less regulation and they're able to build bigger and nicer things faster and, and less expensive uh, than we are. So he, he wants to try to narrow that gap a little bit. And this is a good way of doing it. Absolutely. And like I said, I just I definitely wanted to point that out because that's largely going completely unnoticed because everybody's just focusing on everything else that came out of this. Um, But I mean, we do have to talk about it. We President Trump's comments, um, you know, he didn't come out and outwardly just bastardize the alt right. And so that 
gave some space to the left to say that you know he he didn't really uh, they they wish he would have came out the the alt right a little bit harder and then we also on the other side we had some of the alt right who were going on Twitter and saying that you know Trump's silence or, or lack of speaking was basically him supporting um, what they're what they're doing and which which isn't true at all either and so what we're starting to become everyone's making this about race and I look at this a, a little differently and as a black man I've I've gone out and said this on some some kind of got blasted for it i've even been could you imagine bello someone said to me who has the awakened soul podcast that i'm not black so you know <laughs> I, I just i couldn't i couldn't believe that like at right then i'm like that's exactly what what people want you and the media wants us to be portraying and attacking each other and the thing is, is that now we're having people on the right arguing with other people on the right we have people on the left arguing with antifa and and people who are more extreme to the left and then we also now have it to where it's it's starting to become that you get painted with the brush of being an extremist if you're just on the opposite political spectrum now which everyone who's on the right isn't a racist everyone who's on the right isn't a white supremacist or a neo-nazi but that's starting to be what you notice that it's everyone's being painted by with what's going on and it's ridiculous like i said we got black people attacking black people over their blackness even outside of my situation there was a situation on cnn where they had a republican and a democrat both african-american and he flat out said i'm questioning if you're black which it just doesn't make any sense and you know this is part of my issue with trump and I, i think he should denounce all violence like it it doesn't necessarily have to be a right or left thing we shouldn't be getting violent protesting is one thing no one should be getting violent but i do feel like sometimes he he not necessarily wants to go at people or at certain groups as hard because he doesn't want to lose that support but at the same time people are losing their lives people are are getting attacked we're getting public property destroyed bella what do you make of all this yeah, this it's it's a lot to unpack. Obviously, um, I'm going to jump right out with what people want to hear, and that's Trump dropped the ball here a little bit um, to even insinuate that there were good people involved in the initial protest um, is just a fallacy. They have the right to collectively, you know, they have the right to collect and assemble and speak peacefully, but they're reprehensible human beings. So to try to like defend them in that way, I think he dropped the ball. Um, I do like. The way that he attacked the alt-left is I guess he's going to brand them now because, frankly, the alt-right was just branded in the same way by the media. It's not something that anybody I ever knew stood up and said, I'm an alt-writer. Like, that that doesn't that doesn't really exist. It was kind of taken on by the more white supremacist, neo-Nazi, clan kind of, you know, extreme, extreme. I don't even want to say it's extreme right. They're on a different plane. Like, they're, they're not more conservative. They're just more extreme about their insane opinions about race and culture so um you know that if, if you were to try to actually remove the subject matter of this whole thing from it trump's very right about all this there was a group that was there trying to assemble peacefully and have a rally and speak as hateful as their message was you got to try to remove it because this is a country where you have the right to assemble and to speak freely and there was another group that showed up with with weapons uh disguising their their identity in public which is a crime in and of itself um, you know, to, to march on this group with the clear intent of violence, it takes very little intelligence to look at the Klan and go, those people are racist. It takes a little bit to look at the group that's fighting them and go, while their cause might have some sort of moral standing, they're equally reprehensible or at least 
parallelly reprehensible. You know, their their line of thinking actually does have a moral standing. They want to protect people. They want to fend off fascism. The principles in and of, of themselves are sound and worthy, but the actions that they take uh, by, you know, by, by essentially dressing up like terrorists and charging at people who are trying to speak freely in mass, that also needs to be villainized. And that's something that escaping this whole thing, those people have somehow become the heroes strictly because of the people they were attacking, who again, are evil and deserve to be attacked. But that's not something that you could do in this country without repercussion. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, this this whole situation and, I, and I'm worried about the route that it's going solely because, like I said, it's starting not even to become about it's it's getting farther than race. We're, we're going to get left white Americans versus right white Americans and every other race or creed in between then and like I said as long as you, you you're pushing people to the other side like when Antifa does their thing all you're doing is someone who was maybe leaning right now they're gonna look at okay maybe maybe the extreme right do have a little bit more credence because maybe we have to combat what they're doing and the same thing can be said to the left it's I don't know man it, it's it's a lot like you said it's a lot to unpack we can talk all day um about that it's just it's just sad work and i love america i love being an american i love being a mixed race american i love everything about our country except this bullshit like it like we can't even deal with real things that need to be dealt with because all because everyone wants to throw shots and everyone wants to escalate and we're just more violence begets more violence and I, man, I don't know. I, I really don't know yeah. what else to say about it. It's just it's saddening. Like that's it, that's really what it is. It's it's hard for me to, to obviously speak about racial issues all that much, but I'm just somebody who's always looked at it as I don't I don't pretend I'm blind to it. I like I like to embrace it in a certain degree. Different cultures have different positive aspects of their you know of the of their population, and I think that's something that instead of just I actually had like a, a fairly liberal boss not too long ago approach the new black employee and be like, I'm colorblind, like literally went out of his way to say it. And it's like the fact that you had to say it means you're not because of who you said it to. Like there's too much virtue and not enough action here. So, again, like the Antifa and even Black Lives Matter for that for that matter, um, they, they have or started with the most noble of intentions, uh, the the, you know, the the issues surrounding police treatment of black people in this country is something that certainly needs a light shined on it. Now, when you take it to the point to where you're attacking police, just any police, just the guys standing out on the street corner, that's an issue. And that's not, you know, while, while again, your, your cause might be noble and just your actions need to be as well. Otherwise you're just stooping to their level. And the more that these groups show up at rallies like this, look, there's like 3,000 Klan members in this entire country that are registered members of the Klan. This is not like a white supremacist uprising that's coming to knock down your doors and, and you know, burn crosses in your front yard. It's 3,000 people in some weird little kind of obscure sections of the South. This is the, the media is making it turn into this is like this is going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be like a whitewash or whatever the case may be. It's it's really it, it comes down to you're emboldening these people by shining such a bright light on them when if we just ignore them, they'll all just fucking go away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like I said, it's 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 saddening. And I could see the, 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 the way it's going. And, you know, people will say, oh, we're on the brink of a, of a civil war. I don't know if it's it's to that extent, but we are getting dangerously close to where it it's not about just race like 
you being a Republican may seriously get attacked by someone who's leaning left if they know you're saying you I don't I'm not talking you Bello you the person the preferred no it could very well be me but no I'm just saying I'm not saying you specifically but and the same can be said like people on the left are going to be afraid to talk and get do their their rights as Americans and, and free speech all because of now everyone's worried about is it going to turn violent and here's the thing I, I want to say this and like I said I was in St. Louis I was around the Ferguson that whole situation the destroying of public property is one thing that I don't get like the whole time I was living there I'm like okay so they're, they're rioting I get they're upset they have every right to be protest all fucking day but yeah. you're destroying your own neighborhood yeah why yeah. you have to live there like at the end of the day when every all this is calmed down and now you have to drive an extra 10 miles to go get gas or to go shopping because you guys have completely destroyed your own neighborhood what sense does that make and it's not going to do anything but raise taxes in your area because guess what the city government is going to do they have to they have to repair it where do you think that money's coming from it's pay, coming from tax paying americans which i would hope everyone who was involved in that is a tax paying american so it, it's just yeah. people if you want the statues removed and that's another thing we got to get into the whole confederate statue things my mindset on it is it's okay vote for somebody else who's like-minded who will eventually have the statues removed you're going yeah. to, around tearing public property up that's going to get on the news how, and that, do you look do you feel like you're, you're you look virtuous by sitting there destroying public property no you look like an idiot yeah it's another one of those things like while you might feel you're completely justified in your actions and maybe to some degree you actually are um, by by going out there and, and destroying public property instead of you know educating yourself and going out and trying to get better people elected the more like-minded people elected like the i think it was the mayor of baltimore like just went out and removed all the confederate statues overnight i think i just saw that report this morning like that's that's great like she's a woman of power she can do that and she felt that that served her needs now if she doesn't get reelected because for whatever reason a selection of the population in baltimore didn't like that then you know that's a chance that she was willing to take but those those are principles that she stood by and had the power to enact so good for her she did it the right way instead of going out there and you know, and, and blowing these things up or pulling them down or whatever the case may be. Quiet of night. She sent a crew out. They got rid of the statues. Everyone woke up the next morning. I'm sure very few people actually missed them. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I agree with that. And so let's let's kind of move on from this, because there is an, another aspect that I want to get your opinion on. And um, it's it's something that personally bothered me. And, you know, Bella, I always I invite you on. I like to think that I never at all make anything that you feel or think feel like it's it's up for vote or whatever or it's getting crucified because i respect your opinion i respect you as a person so i don't know if where where your point is on this we really didn't talk much about this before but i was i was legitimately bothered by president trump acting like he never heard of the alt-right before like i just i refuse to believe that's possible if that's my ignorance okay so be it I, i'm sorry but at this point, to act like I, I've never heard of the alt right, well, who who are they? I'd have to speak with them. I, I, I don't I don't like that coming from our commander in chief. And I've said a lot on this podcast, especially last episode. I do like certain things Donald Trump has done, but that that bothered me. Yeah, I can I can totally understand that. He's very aware of who the alt right is and actually is. I think the I think what he was trying to get at there was. Does does the media know? Does does the general public really know? Because I talked about it last time I was on here is that the alt right to me as somebody who is is 
deep dived into the meme war. Like I'm just, I, I'm online. I'm looking at all the goofy shit all day. I'm reading from, from all sorts of sources and the alt-right to me are the, the Richard Spencers and the people that were at that rally, the clan, the, the neo-Nazis. But if you ask like Jake Tapper from CNN, he might include me in his definition of the alt-right. And I think Trump was trying to get him to nail that down so that he can properly address it. All right. Is the alt-right these people according to your definition? Cool. Those people are reprehensible and I disavow them and I don't want them support uh, their support, which is something he not only did after this, but several times in the past, long before he got into politics. Uh, he was thinking about running for office in the 90s and Larry King asked him uh, about you know the Reform Party, which is something he was looking to jump into. And uh, and he said, look, David Duke is is involved with that. And I hate everything that he represents and I don't want to be a part of it. So this is something long before 2016 and the election that he has been, for whatever reason, has been tied to and has repeatedly disavowed um, when, when given the opportunity and oftentimes when it's not called upon. Uh, so, you know, f- for him to get into this quarrel with the alt right, with, with the, with the media rather about the alt right and the definition of it, I think he's very aware of who they are. Steve Bannon is his chief strategist. He writes for Breitbart who, you know, taps into the alt right to some respect. Um, it, it's, it, it, I think it was a little bit of gamesmanship on his part. I think, he he's very clearly disavowed these groups and anyone who, who's looking at it otherwise is just not reading the quotes. And if you want to say that he's not genuine, you know, genuine in saying those things, that's fine. But then there's nothing anybody's going to be able to do to change your mind anyway. So, uh, you know, I don't really know what to say to those people in particular. But, yeah, like I said, he dropped the ball here. He he should have very vehemently and clearly from the get go denounced these people. Uh, this is something that he you know, he threw on Obama during the campaign saying like he didn't disavow Black Lives Matter. He didn't disavow, um, you know, the, the Muslim Brotherhood or whatever. Some of these other organizations that, that right after they had committed uh, acts of violence or whatever the case may be. And he, he said the same thing about Islamic radical Islamic terrorism is that he didn't call it by its name. Well, Trump, it's time to listen to your own advice, buddy. Like you got it. You're going to have to look into a camera and say the Klan, the Nazis, this, that, and the other thing. They're they're all terrible. I disavow them. I have no connection to them. I have no desire for their vote in any way, shape, or form, which he has done. But he could have done it on that Saturday after Charlottesville and just put the nail in this race angle forever. And he he left the he left the door open now for the media to run with it. Exactly. And as we as we we've seen, uh, and it's it's not exclusive of him. It's almost well, it's almost heightened with him. But I mean, it's been the same for every president is that if you don't you don't denounce it on both sides, you leave space for anyone to poke holes at you. And if he would have just came out, like you said, and completely denounced it on both sides of the spectrum, people would have still found issue with it because that's just what they're going to do. But right. at least at least that way. It, it would it, you can see okay they're just really picking an argument just because and you know he, he left too much space there um again and i like i said last podcast for everyone who's saying trump's a nazi trump's a white supremacist no i i still i wholeheartedly do not believe that at all i think that like you said it's gamesmanship he is a politician now i think that he does worry about losing support in certain areas and you know every politician has there are things that they're like that on everyone, but in something like this and something that's been so serious and something that somebody lost their life in as, as our leader, we wanted to see a little bit, uh, a firm, firmer stance and a harder hand on, on, on that. Um, hopefully, 
you know, as this keeps going, we'll get more statements. Hopefully, I, I just hope that he does something to kind of calm down the tension that's building or at least attempt attempt to. But at the same time, everybody has to take personal responsibility for their actions. And we we all need to just calm down and have a level headedness about this. There's, there's no reason to go out there and attack other Americans or anyone for that matter based off their ideals. And we need to get back to that. Like, that's the point of America is that we all are and do have the freedom to believe what we want to believe in. And you can protest. A lot of countries don't have that ability. Let's right. just stop the violence. That, that's that's the key thing. Argue all day. Have the batshit ass crazy ideals that you want to have. But let's let's stop the violence. Like That's not going to do anything for anybody. Yeah. Have debates, have discussions. Unfortunately, groups have tried to do this, but there's college campuses that won't allow the other side to show up. But, you know, you actually... If you're somebody that was at that rally in Charlottesville and you opposed, which any person of reasonable moral standing would, the the views of the particular group of people that were protesting that day, have a debate. Like showing up with, with, with bats and whatever the case may be, like, look, whether or not that's the case in this situation, if you're the one who has to resort to violence, you look like you don't have a point. And that's why you have to resort to the violence. So you're, again, legitimizing these hate groups which no one wants to see like no one no one wants to see these people growing in numbers and, and and being emboldened. And the more that you show up at these rallies and try to attack them instead of trying to engage them in civil debate and let the ones that step across that line and look like idiots because they are. But it's just I don't know. It's it's one of these things to where, yeah, I'm concerned about like it getting to the point to where, all right, now it's the neo-Nazi. But now is it everybody who wears a MAGA hat? Is it everybody who wears who puts a Pepe meme up online? Is it, it where does the line get drawn? I think that's sort of what Trump was trying to get at when when he answered that question that way. But it, it's one of these things that it's turned into the alt right is everywhere. The alt right is not everywhere. The alt right is a very, very small portion of even just the Republican base, a very, very small portion of it at that. Like I said, there's what three that by 10, one and 100,000 people you might meet are a part of this group. Like, it's just it's crazy to think that this has become such a such a deep concern out of nowhere. These people, again, they're horrible and they're, they're terrible people. But they, you know, the, to keep talking about them is only giving them more power. Exactly. And like I said, those broad strokes, if now you want to paint every Republican as um, as as being an alt rightist is is not it's just not true. There are good people who are Republicans and I and I don't want to see everyone now painted under that brush and the same goes to the left and being an extreme leftist like it we 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 all need to just calm down everyone needs to stop throwing throwing fingers and pointing fingers at at another and let's just like you said let's just debate that that's fine that's all let's it's okay to just debate that's it just because i don't agree with you or you don't agree with me doesn't mean that you're a, a fucking white supremacist and i'm and i'm a damn black panther or whatever i'm an antifa like it, it's just not like me and you it I, i'm kind of neutral like I, i'll i'll admit i'm not necessarily on, on all the way on the left but me and you are able to have these discussions and guess what no one not once did we throw out anything personal at the other or try to no. take shots and that's how it could be it, it's no reason why we can't be like that yeah, I think if you're talking to somebody that you know about these sorts of issues and you know them and like them and trust them as a human being, you have to just trust that despite your immediate reaction to lunge at that comes from a place of hate or that comes from a place of ignorance. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just comes from a place of a completely different perspective. Um, I, I look a lot of the times that like, you know, when I'm having a discussion with a, with a liberal friend, they'll 
present a value that I'll inherently have an issue with it. it you know, if they're pro-socialism, I'll, I'll say, hey, look at all these other countries that tried it. They've turned into dumpster fires. Venezuela, for one, right now, actually. Um, so it's it's one of those things that, you know, I don't think that they want that. But at the same time, like I'm aware enough to know that their intentions are good and that they just want more good for more people. You know, it, it's just a matter of recognizing motive and not immediately assuming it, I guess. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And what a better way than to end this um, this stay woke segment, Andrew. Like always, you know, I love talking to you. I love picking your brain. I like love the fact that you're open to coming back to the awakened soul at any any point in time. Um, what I, there was there was one more thing that I did want to ask you about, and now it completely slipped my mind. But apparently, like I said, I definitely wanted to talk to you about this. Once I got accused of not being black, I'm like, okay. This is just ridiculous now. Like, I, I got to stop having conversations with people because people who, who throw stuff like that, I, I just don't get. But you know what? Fuck it. It is yeah. what it is. Andrew, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, they could find me, I guess, for a political talk at the Andrew Bello. That's T-H to the E-A-N to the D-R-E-W-B-E-L-L-O. And then for wrestling chatter at Bello. And uh, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on again. I'll be back. Let's not make it so heavy next time. Let's talk some Marvel shit or something like that. I, I promise you. I promise you the next time you're back, it'll either be let's talk some mo- movies or music or something like that. Awesome. I cannot wait. And by the <laughs> way, folks, anybody who has any you know negative comments about anything I said, obviously, it sounds like you got the positive feedback. I, you know, By all means, like I said, debate, open discussion. That's how we're going to get through this, folks. That's how we're going to keep the world together. Absolutely. And thank you for that, Andrew. Um, we're going to go ahead and get ready to go into a brief break. When we come back, we're going to get into the cipher. And this is a, I say all the ciphers are special, but this one, once you hear the guest on and you get to know their relationship to me, it, it's going to make this one really fun. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to take a brief break and then we're going right back into the cipher. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into one of my favorite segments of the show. That is the cypher where we break down something in music. The first cypher, we broke down uh, the legacy between Kendrick Lamar and Drake, which Kendrick Lamar is the way better rapper still. I'll have Fame back on to discuss that. The second week was just me talking about Stevie Wonder and what he's done and what he means to the music business. Personally, me, because I think Stevie Wonder one of the greatest musicians of all time. But this week, we got something special. A, because we got my cousin in the building, Ryan Johnson. Ryan, tell the people what's going on. What's going on, y'all? And we're here to discuss one of Ryan, if not Ryan's favorite rap group of all time and their legacy. And, you know, we're not even going to put their legacy up against anybody else because I feel like Outkast has completely carved out their own little section of the game and their own little thing so this is just about about outcast we're going to go ahead and break down just exactly what they have meant and what they have done in the music industry and also who's who has the more longer lasting legacy between the two of them that's that's what we're here to discuss today um ryan before we go i know you told the people what's up already but tell them a little bit about yourself what you do and then also plug your social media so they know where they can find you at yeah, um, so, you know, I've been doing music now for about 10 years, you know, grew up listening to Outkast or what have you. So um, I'm in a group, man, we call Prophecy the Crew. Uh, look at us on Facebook at Prophecy the Crew. Um, I'm on Twitter at It's Figure Eight. 
um, Instagram, it's figure eight. Um, so yeah, man, just, just look up, uh, us at, you know, Facebook, Instagram, prophecy, the crew, man. So, yep. All right. That's what's up. So we're going to just go ahead and hop right into it. I'm going to ask you this question to start off with. What's your favorite outcast album? If you had to just pick one. See, I knew you was going to go there. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I've been thinking about that question for like 20 years now. And, uh, honestly, I would have to say that the album that I bought personally for myself for the first time and I I was able to call it my own and my brothers didn't put me on was Stank On Ya. So I'm going to have to go with Stank On Ya. Um, That was the album that really commercialized Outkast. So um, and that was my first album that I bought. So uh, I'm going to say that. That's what's up. I, that, that's that's respectable. Mine, and like you said, I mean, growing up, I think the Speaker Box Love Blow was my favorite one until I got old because I I didn't listen to ATLians or Southern Playlistic Cadillac music as a as a kid or as a teenager. That's something I had to go back and appreciate as I got older. And that first album is just a masterpiece to me, and I think that it goes unnoticed so much because what they've done got more mainstream after that but that that album to me like if you just because people were i think people forget how how lyrical outcast can be and everything's right there on that you get you get lyrics you get just the smooth sound of southern music back then like that that album to me has everything on it yeah so you know me you know having you know my older brothers you know being seven and 11 years older than me I was able to listen to AT Aliens and Quim and I, you know, as they as they hit the stores. But I agree with you. The one thing I the one album I didn't listen to uh, when it first came out was Southern Playlist Academy Music. And when I was in college, you know, I started listening to that heavy and I'm like, man, this has hits on it. So I'm I agree with you, man. Like people sleep on that. Um and that and the thing about it, it went double platinum and for them to have be eighteen and nineteen years old dropping that and going double platinum. I think that's incredible. Yeah, I mean that that's like I said, I I can sit there and talk about that album all day, but this this is about their career overall and you know, a, a, a lot of people go back and forth on what Outkast's legacy really is and you know, us knowing we were going to talk about this, I just I just went and did some some research on just to get a feel on how the hip hop industry while they're highly respected for me personally, I, I still think that they're underrated for the impact they've had. Like, I think everyone knows the talent that's in that group. You know, they're considered probably one of, if not the absolute best group to ever come out, out the South. But I feel like like people don't realize how much they really mainstreamed and made it comfortable for other people, other Southern acts to come out and completely be themselves. And, and they changed that Southern sound. What or do you share that opinion? What do, what what are your what's your opinion on that? So uh, honestly, and in, in my view is Outkast pretty much opened the door up for all Southern artists. Everyone from Atlanta, the scene was opened up by Outkast, um, and I firmly believe that you know when the Source Awards back in the day, and um, you know they talking about how the South has something to say. That was the opening the door of you know people like Ti, people like uh, Ludacris, people like all those you know, Atlanta rappers that came out um, later in the 90s and early 2000s. Outcasts were the pioneers, honestly. And if you look at today's rap, people like Young Thug and, you know, how those people are, you know, wearing like dresses and stuff like that. You can arguably say Andre pioneered that too. Andre 
2000 with, you know, the the funky clothes he was wearing back in 1996. You know what I mean? And people was calling him, you know, gay. You know what I mean? Like that. So, yeah, they opened up the door for all Southern artists. And I firmly believe that. I'll stand by that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, I think it, them, of course, UGK to a lesser extent, people throw out also 8-Ball and MJG, which I love 8-Ball and MJG, but you can't even put them on the same stratosphere to me as far as what what outcast has been able to do um right more so underground probably but yeah like more than the south outcast is number one yeah absolutely um so to come off that let's 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 get a little more personal on your your personal when when was it that you realized that outcast was probably your favorite group out out in rap um I was a I was a young kid. Equimini had just came out, uh, um, and Rosa Parks, which is probably my favorite Outkast song of all time, if I had to choose one. Um, and then my brothers are just playing it. My brother Cliff just continuously playing it and playing it. And as a youngster, you don't understand. But then as I got into like my early teenage years, you know, what I'm saying you really started listening to the lyrics because as a kid, you don't listen to the lyrics for real. You may you know, recite them, but you don't understand what they're saying. Um, and as a teenager, you know what I'm saying? I started understanding what they were saying. I'm like, man, this is kind of like my life for real. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I like music. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you got the the musicality of their, their instrumentals or production with organized noise, doing live instruments and what have you. And my dad growing up doing rock and roll and stuff like that. So that hit home to me. And that's why we realized, I'm like, man, they're the greatest. They got to be. They're the greatest. Yeah, and I mean, they have they have nine Grammy nominations. I believe, like, six wins out of those nine. Um, and that's just, that's just amazing. I mean, they won Best Rap Album of the Year, uh, Best Performance of the Year, Best Urban Alternative Performance of the Year. Like, they, they're just, it's all over. Matter of fact, they got, a, they, they were nominated for a Grammy for producer non-classical of the year you you rarely ever hear that from the music industry and that that's amazing like right. you you can't you can't deny that legacy at all uh just to get on the personal tip and th- you may remember this you may not but the for anyone who doesn't know like i said ryan's my cousin he used to go over and stay the summers with his dad all the time but my very last summer before i became an adult staying with you guys it was 2003 I was so excited about this Lloyd Banks album coming out, which was the same. I think it came out a little bit after Speaker Box and the Love Below. And you and Alex were were giving it to me like, I can't believe it. G-Unit sucks. Listen to Outkast. That, that was when I really, really started appreciating Outkast for what it was because you guys played, played the shit out of that, first of all. But uh, I don't think I really appreciated it up until then. I was all in the flash of, of rap and hip hop. And I don't even, I, it's just something, when we were set this up, I'm like, I wonder if he's going to remember this. I remember your dad took me to Best Buy to buy Lloyd Banks' album when it came out. And you were just looking at me like, why are you listening to this shit? <laughs> so how do you feel about that decision today? <laughs> I feel like I, that was the worst fucking decision of my life. <laughs> yeah, and, and just think, you know, you got the Lloyd Banks album. I can't remember what it was called, but, you know, he was 19, 20 years old. So he was a young artist then, too. Um, Spearbox Loves Below going diamond. You know what I mean? So uh, we're listening to a diamond selling album and you're listening to Lloyd Banks. I mean, it still went two times platinum, though. Still went two times platinum. Hunger for it, more. <laughs> it didn't go diamond, though. Like 10 million. <laughs> 10 million sold you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard to deny that um 
yeah just look that's that's that goes into the sophistication that you people start coming in when it actually comes to listening to rap because at that time i was all about the beat the chorus and i really wasn't getting into lyrics like then it, it wasn't until i was probably like 18 that i really really started getting into lyrics and that was because of kanye west like when kanye dropped I completely almost changed my outlook on how I listen to music. Like that first Kanye CD, and we'll—I don't want to get sidetracked with that because we're here to talk Outkast. Um, so, if you had to pick one, what's your favorite Outkast song? The single song. Um, it—it's it, hard to pick, but I, I will have to say Rosa Parks. Um, I think around the two thousand and three, um, two thousand four time frame is when I—I made that decision. Like. You know, Rosa Parks is probably my favorite song. Just the the musicality of the song, the message to the song. Um, and then many people don't notice Andre is in the background of that whole beat saying crack it like a lack of crack it like like literally the whole four minutes of that song. He's doing that in the background. And to think, think about me making music now, you think about all the little things that you do to try to complete your song. And that was one of the things he did. So that that resonated with me as well. And it's just the message the musicality of that song it just it just hit home with me so um that would be my favorite song if i had a gun pointed to my head and i had to choose one <laughs> yeah it's 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 one of the ones that is, it is hard to pick and mine is probably gonna it's probably gonna surprise some some people because bombs over baghdad i absolutely love that song like i, and I can't even tell you why there's something about when that song comes on that I just have to sit there and like I could be getting ready to get out the car for work. If that song comes on, I'm gonna stay in that car until the damn song goes off. Like I just love that song. I don't think it's their best song by any means, but it's my favorite of theirs. I would have to agree with you. So Bonds Over Baghdad was my my pregame football uh, at, in high school and in college. My my football song. So right before I, you know, what I'm saying put on those pads and got on the field. You know, it had to be bombs over Baghdad. And you're right. Even though, you know, I might be late for the bus going to the field or whatever. I'm sitting here. I got to finish listening to this bombs over Baghdad before I get out this car. And, they, you know, it's just crazy. That song is just crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, So, unfortunately, we have to get into it. We do. Ha- I do have to ask you this because I know the people are going to want to hear the answer to this question. Who's the better artist, Big Boy or Andre 3000? Oh, so. If you ask me this question in two, the year 2000, um, I'm saying big boy. But since it's 2017 and you're asking me this question, it's it's Andre 3000. Hands down, Andre 3000. He may not come out with the CDs um, or records that big boy does. Um, by the way, big boy, Boomiverse. Oh, um, man, that's, that's dope. Uh, that's, that's an incredible album um, in its own right. Um, but Andre 3000, he literally has 3000 styles. I remember a verse he did in 2007 on uh, a Devin song, What a Job This Is. He literally rapped three or four different styles in his one verse. And stuff like that is so incredible, man. And, and you see it through mainstream today is when Andre is featured on a song, people listen to it. Regardless of who the artist is, people are going to listen to that song to see what he does. His most recent verse is was on um, the Tribe Called Quest album, I believe. And, you know, people may not like that song. It's called Kids. Uh, it, and at first I listened to it. I didn't really like it. And then you just start hearing what he's trying to do with it. And it, and it, and it makes total sense with it. And it's, it's so great. So I don't know if I've ever heard like a bad 
3000 verse. So he, if I had to pick a top five artist, he would probably be one through five. Um, in my book, uh, people <laughs> that I know, you know, what I'm saying would would agree with me on that. Me saying that it's just not saying it because of this segment. But Andre 3000 is my ultimate for real. Yeah, I, I, Andre 3000 to me is the and here, here's my thing. And I had a, a guest on episode one and he went over his top five. And I think Andre was like his first or second. Um, but. When people talk about how good Eminem is, which he is, Eminem has a hundred different styles as well. He's as talented. I think that if Andre Three Thousand put out consistent singles work like like Eminem did, it wouldn't even be comparable. I think Andre Three Thousand. When I say this, people go crazy. I think he's a generational rapper as far as that. People like him, as talented as he is, only come once in a generation. And I and I, the, the guy is just so amazing. Like you said, the different styles that he has. And it's just crazy the fact that he's almost completely out of the music industry right now. Right, right. Um, you know, you you hear inklings uh, like, "Oh, Outkast might get back together," but I just you know saw something the other day like it's not happening. Andre is pretty much content with his life right now. He may do a feature every now and then, but he's talking about fashions. He's talking about cartoons. He's talking about movies. You know what I mean? So I would how I would love to see and hear another. Uh, Outcast together and an Andre 3000 solo record like I think that would be incredible um, he was the first to come out with like Drake how Drake's style is he raps yeah. and sings majority of the album Andre's been singing since 1994 and he can't you know the love below was uh, a whole singing album he had maybe three or four rapping verses on that whole thing so it was it, it's crazy man like he's a pioneer and if if he dropped tomorrow with no notice he would sell like beyonce in my opinion oh yeah absolutely and if he didn't it's a, it's a damn travesty because andre's the like i said and it's hard to paint you andre you shouldn't really paint as a rapper he's just an artist the guy's just right. amazing amazing a creative mind like he's one of those people who i would love to be able to just sit down in a room and just talk to like it doesn't even necessarily have to be about right. music um now you brought up and I was gonna ask you about this boomerverse. Man, when I tell you when I downloaded that, I didn't know what to expect and I found myself listening to it on repeat. Like I probably the first day I downloaded that, listened to the whole C D a couple of times through over the course of the day, mainly because I was driving back and forth between Ohio and St. Louis and I have nothing else to do. But man, the the fact that Big Boy is able to put out that that quality of work as long as he's been in the game, that longevity is not not easy to find at all. Right, agreed, and and he's been doing this is what fourth solo album, and he's been pretty consistent on his sound, and he's you know consistent on his sound, but still keeping up with modern day you know sound as well. You know what I mean? Like he had a many he he brought many fresh out of retirement on this album, like that's incredible. Like his song Freakonomics is probably my favorite on that whole album, and you know what I'm saying you got people like Alum Levine, uh, Jeezy uh gucci and snoop dogg you know what i mean like he's bringing those people out on his album like he can still command the mic he can command a crowd and stuff like that so big ups to big boy he's working hard man like he does tours and festivals all the time and i see him on ig and uh he he's still doing his thing man yeah absolutely um so i mean that 
that's pretty. Is there anything else before we close? There's, there's something I'm, I'm going to ask you about, but I kind of want to get your off the cuff opinion on it. But uh, is there anything else about Outcast that you want to say before we we move on? Outcast has to be the top two groups of all time, and as a as it relates to music, period. This includes the Beatles. This includes, um, you know, people. Like like Led Zeppelin and Rock and Roll, um, Tribe Called Quest, um, what's some singing groups, Boys to Men, um, Backstreet Boys, all the groups you could think of, Outkast has to be number one or number two, man. They just, they've paved the way for, for hip-hop and modern-day hip-hop for real, and they, they open the doors up for people in the South, and that's why we have people like Quavo, um, people like Gucci, people like Jeezy out today is because of Outkast. So, man, we got to give it up to them, man. They, they're one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, the thing that I wanted to do you know who Nick Grant is? Nick Grant. Yeah. I don't. Okay, he has a, a album. It's called Return to the Cool. And when I tell you his style is like a young Andre, like an unrefined Andre 3000, I want you to go listen to that. And then I want you to get back to me. I, I'll even send you a link to it. I, I was hoping that you hadn't heard of him because he 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 kind of bubbled a little bit, but he didn't really quite pop in the mainstream. But when I when I listen, even his production down to it, I think you'll get that same feel. He's not as good, not yet anyway. He's still this is his first album, but I want you to check that out. Okay, yeah, and you mentioned something I just I forgot to talk about production. Outcast did their their own production from Atlians up until now. So as them being the greatest artists that they are, they also did their own production along with organized noise. So that's incredible too. You don't see that a lot. Yeah, I mean that's I'll definitely why they, check out that Nick Grant. That's why they were able sure. to maintain their sound for so long. And you know, every Outcast album, it feels like them. Like every out every one of their albums feels a little bit different because that's what it should do. People grow and they change as men as they get older. And so you definitely see evolution in their music, but it still sounds genuinely like them each time right and you know you can listen to old stuff today and you're like man this sounds like it just came out the other day exactly so yeah they're timeless but before we go i do have one question for you though what's what's your favorite outcast verse of all time oh man you, know, you have um, your song the verse what well, it would have to be it honestly, it, like my favorite verse is the international players anthem. Like that verse on that song, like it's it, that that verse was amazing. Like, and I did not expect it at all. It was just both of them. And people talk about Andre's verse, but like just that whole song is just one of my favorite pieces of work overall. What about you? I agree with that. Um, I honestly have have tried just like with songs i've been trying for years to figure out what's my favorite andre 3000 verse um but, but it, it i don't know if i can say it but uh the the life and times of andre benjamin on the love below when he's just spitting for five minutes um oh, i don't yeah. know if, if that counts as being a verse i mean it is he he didn't stop it wasn't a hook um that was great um there's a couple of songs that on um, AT Aliens that not a lot of people know of. I'm trying to remember the name right now, and it sucks that it's that it's uh, leaving my brain right now. Um, but it was a verse where he said, "If men are all dogs, then what you call brawls?" 
feet lines and heat me yarn for some yarn balls like that literally changed my life when i heard that <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was probably one of my favorite verses as well so it's it's definitely hard to pick man like you go on youtube and and pull up you know top outcast versus or top andre 3000 verses man you listen to all of them you're like man these, all of these are great yeah they just they're so consistent in their work um but uh okay the last question and then we'll then we'll definitely go which i already know well you know i'll, I'll flip the question i was going to originally ask where does outcast rank for you where I, I know we've we've got to, to, through that uh, over the course of this segment but um your your top five rap acts so groups Singles, whatever, of all time. Top five. Ooh. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a loaded question right there. Acts. So that doesn't that doesn't like just mean single artist. So uh, of course outcast, you have to put that in there. Um are we are we sticking to strictly hip hop or are we just like everybody? Throw them all in there. Or I mean, if it makes it easier, we can stick to hip hop. <laughs> whatever, whatever is easier for you. <laughs> so of course, Outkast. Um, I like uh, Black Star, Most Def, and Talib Kweli. Um, hmm. Trying to think of some other groups. I mean, I like Tribe Called Quest. Um, I'm just gonna say Black Hippie. Because that includes Kendrick, Schoolboy, and uh, Soul. So yeah. I know that's cheating, but uh, I'm going to say Black Hippie on that. Um, Bone Thugs, man, they're, they're one of my favorites as well. Um, and, you know, I like a little rock and roll, so I'm going to put one rock and roll out there. Uh, Led Zeppelin. My dad got me hip to Led Zeppelin, man. I got some of their live albums, and um, I just think they're incredible as well. And I got to throw Wu-Tang in there as well. Oh yeah, uh, my, my brother John, like he's a he's a Wu Tang killer B at heart for real. Uh, he got me hip to all of those people. You know, what I'm saying riding in his his old Lincoln with with the cassette tapes and Bobby Digital on there, and it's killer bees. We on the swarm that day. Yeah, they the, that's one of my favorite groups too. So there was that five. I think that's, that's five. five. Yeah, I think that's five. That's what's up. Um, I'm not even gonna begin to name mine because my. But shout out to shout out to Uncle John, John Starr, who honestly, and this is just not nepotism, just because he's my uncle and your dad. But he's probably one of the most musically gifted people ever. Like, how many different sure. instruments does your dad play? I think he played like nine different instruments, and that doesn't include playing the drums. So he can play ten different things. So he's his own band. <laughs> Yeah, man, that is, I I've appreciated more as I got older and realized just how cool my uncle is. But uh, yeah, the guy's a fucking mu- musical genius. It just sucks that he he didn't get bigger doing it because the guy definitely has the talent. Shout out to John Starr, by the way. Um, what better way to end it on that? Uh, tell the people I know you told them at the top of the show, but tell the people again where they can find you. Um, you know, you can find the crew, uh, Prophecy the Crew, on IG on facebook um me personally um at it's figure eight on ig on twitter um so yeah just check us out man we got new music coming prophecy the crew my man uh g mac my man uh s.jr and my man uh kid so we come in we got new music coming for the end of this year and the beginning of 18 so um check us out uh, 
All right, that's what's up. Thank you for joining me in the cipher. Hopefully, you'll come back again. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, the crew was putting it down. No matter who with the crown, no be the best around. Just ask around what you about to witness. It's lyrical fitness. It's lyrical fitness. Flying in a dressing, dressing, can't lie. Uh, niggas get the tension, I'm swinging like gay rock. Yeah. Music for the soul, flow like gay rock. Niggas quick to jump from shooting like pay drop. Cross you with the flow, like I'm AI. Yeah. What's the consequence of quitting your day job? Uh, broke it in the bitch, and now you gotta ride. I like okay we have reached almost the end of the show again had some questions that i wanted to answer submitted by some listeners i, I unfortunately i didn't get to get to any last week i had a uh, pitch the idea that i may move over into doing a couple of drops uh over the course of the week maybe to to get some of these questions because they're just they're coming in fast faster than i really expected them to come in quite honestly but i enjoy the feedback i enjoy you know just obviously if i'm getting questions that means somebody's liking the podcast enough liking my thoughts and my ideas and my point of views enough to get my opinion on things that matter to them so you know we're gonna only do a few it's a couple not nothing too extremely deep because like i said the ones that really go deep i want to be able to give them there's just time to podcast went a little bit long last week i'm gonna try to keep it a little bit shorter this week just because i know we're leading to a lot of stuff um the first question that i had and this is from wakeel best if i did not murder your name all the way and her question is do you think that couples should exchange their passwords on their social media Here's my thing. A, it's it's twofold. Yes, I think I, I don't think anything should be completely off off the ability of being able to happen. It it, it just shouldn't be off the table. I guess is what I what I was getting ready to say. Shouldn't be off the table altogether um, because a there should be nothing to hide. Now on the flip side of that, because some people, men and women, will use that to say, oh, well then that means if if they give me my password, I should go check it every chance I get. No, just because you have access to it doesn't mean you should feel the need to always go on the other person's social media because that's where trust plays a part in trust goes both ways yes they should trust you enough to give you their password there should be enough trust there but there should also be enough trust on the other side to where you trust them enough not to have to continually go through their social media i mean other than that i mean nobody has time to chase behind another grown-ass adult um so that's my opinion on that one uh, you know, I don't know. I do know for a fact. I know a lot of people don't believe in it. They think, hey, I should have it. We should go. I should go through it every chance I get. There shouldn't be no issue with that. And no, I, I just I, I don't believe so um, at all. I, I think that it should it should be a balance there. Um, the next question is a personal one to me, and it's asking me, why did I get into podcasting and and why am I so well spoken? And this is from uh the queen 287 i wish i had a real name to to list off there but i do not the queen 287 um i got into i've been podcasting for a better part of a year now i I run a whole podcasting network it's covering combat sports and wrestling um this though i got started because i over the course of you know getting closer to the people that i run that network with um we have conversations that are just about life politics everything and you know some of our conversations get so deep that i'm like this should be put out there 
for the world to hear because we have some varying opinions we have just some uh, just group of just well-rounded intelligent people and so it started now this kind of became just my thing but you'll hear like you heard coop you heard Bello, you you'll hear some other people i got jb coming on for a special around the time of 9 11 around that anniversary um so you you'll hear that i got colin coming to you hear a lot of people uh come to just like I said, they're all well-rounded, so you get to hear a lot of a lot of point of views, and hopefully everybody finds that entertaining. And more so, I have a passion about people in our world and things that are going on, and I want to educate people, and I want to, you know, do my part. I say all the time that, you know, celebrities and everything, they don't do their part to really speak out on activism or at least use that platform they have. Well, you know, what do I look like not using my resources to get my opinion out there while I'm calling out other people to do the same thing? Another one is a personal. Next one is another personal question to me. That question is, how did it feel growing up in an interracial family? And I could honestly say to me, it it didn't feel any different. I just I never really thought about it. It it, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. It didn't seem like it was a big deal, big of a deal to the people who are around me um, and the people I grew up around or my family. It just it, it never really was a factor. I know that's not everybody's story i know a lot of people run into you know judgments and stuff and i i just didn't i think a big part of that too is like i said my upbringing uh and i brought that into the episode one that i just i just don't don't care what anybody else thinks so maybe if there were opinions or side eyes there i just completely didn't even think about it i didn't trip off of it at all um so the next question this is going to be the last one is where exactly well first it says very enjoying your podcast a lot enjoying what you're doing with it i think that what what you're doing with this needs to be done and i want to commend you for having the voice and the opinion and the fortitude to having this podcast and so the question in that is though is where do i want to take this podcast overall i want this podcast to be something that everyone can get something out of. Like I said, that's why we have the film and TV review. We have the stay woke segment. We have the cypher, which talks about music. And then I open the show with just some news and some topics. So you get a little bit of everything from this podcast. And I hope that I'm delivering it in an entertaining way and in a way that it all flows together very nicely. And that's ultimately where I want to take it. I just, like I said, this podcast is to provoke thought and conversation and i want to hear back i want to get that feedback i want this to get as big as it can be not for me to get any type of notoriety off of it but because that means that i'm spreading that knowledge and that education so that's where i am with that you know i think that a lot of people are afraid to really come out and you know give their opinions on stuff like politics and and news and to call out other things i just as you can't tell i really don't care i just i'm gonna be me and i'm gonna be true to who i am and that's something that i've always been and that's what i want this podcast to be um so i mean that for the most part it that ends the show this is the waking so this is episode three we're three episodes in people like I said, the feedback has been crazy. The iTunes reviews, all five stars so far, which is just crazy to me and humbling. I definitely did not think that I would get that type of notoriety, not really notoriety, but that type of you know opinion on what I'm doing this early on. It, the first episode was really rough. The second one, I think I really nailed down the format. Hopefully, I keep that going and hopefully you start noticing just a fluidity to this podcast and it just we keep refining that. That's the goal. So um, again, this has been The Awakened Soul. I am CEO Hayes. You can find me on all social media platforms at CEO Hayes at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E for anyone who wants to send in any questions 
questions or topics or anything you just like to hear me talk about. That is the awakened soul pod at gmail.com. We're still I was working on it. I meant to get the, the website up over the course of this week. It did happen. Um, so hopefully I have it up by next show. I, like I said, I have some some writers working on stuff there. So check us out. That This is the awakened soul. This is your guys's podcast. Thank you. I love each and every one of you. Peace. Share the podcast. Like the podcast, subscribe the podcast, review the podcast on iTunes. That's it. I'm finally done. I'm out. Straight to it. Just capped another foreign like hurry up and buy. Twist another joint, swear to God I'm so high. I'm finna die, sipping on the henny on the rocks, chilling at the spot, sitting out the window, got me feeling like I'm high. Had to tell the homie that the shorty want the car. He ain't know what shorty was a thigh. I told her for the bye. Them niggas thought they really had a shot. Feeling like my tumbo with the blah. Break it down. Pour my liquor bottle, dirty wine glass. My ass so damn high, high and bypass. Might crash, might not get up. Though my laugh might be the image of niggas. These killers tight cast. No flag, real good that. How you know like that? Lifestyle and maintaining excellence, boy. I like sad. Nice shine all of the time. Don't really like flash. Twice flash. Going to get the nigga. I like bad. Nice swag. Keeping it clean. Chasing the dream. Ripping the jeans. Picking the knees. My denim breed. My energy is different than niggas that never seen. I'm a door never pressed. Don't all of the in between. Do not intervene if you not designated to speak. Poking at the squeeze, which is these buttons open the knee. I'm just hoping that the muffin is sweet. I'm trying to eat. This is nothing. I'm just Taking the lead, no one just capped another foreign like hurry up and buy. Twist another joint, swear to God, I'm so high. I'm finna die, sipping on the henny on the rocks, chilling at the spot, sitting out the window, got me feeling like I'm high. Had to tell the homie that the shorty want the guy. He ain't know what shorty was a thigh. I told her for a Them niggas thought they really had a shot. Feeling like yeah. a tumbo with the block. Break it down. We smoking and we chilling in the spot. My niggas always My down, niggas to, make always down to make it pop We be throwing footballs, pitching rocks Breaking bricks down my tumbo with the block Jordan with the shot, Iverson with the pop Niggas never stop, and we grinding to the top Two kids who had the passion for flashing Real gritty, do whatever for the cash Running in the corner stores, niggas quick to blast it These niggas' hearts colder than the city asthma Down for whatever type of niggas, yo Niggas who be down to get them figures though. Yeah, yeah. Jealousy and envy was they name. Was they name? When that bigger fame, nigga, fuck the gang status quo. Hide in the kite all the time. All the time. The devil on their mind trying to fight all the Just time. Just captain another foreign like hurry up and buy. Twisting up the joints, swear to God I'm so high. I'm finna die, sipping on the henny on the rocks, chilling at the spot, sitting out the window, got me feeling like I'm pie. Had to tell the homie that the shorty want the guy. He ain't know what shorty was a thigh. I told her for a Them niggas thought they really had a shot. Feeling like a tumbo with the block. Break it down. It's feeling like it's venom of the opera. Niggas hot and half they face. Yo, yeah, they monsters. But I'm coming with big guns like in Contra. Balls is ammo that I use to stop the searchy blocker. Feeling like Jason Kidd with the rock. Handing out triple doubles off the top. Mini rock. And now they're in the seat. Pure white. This crap is so divine. Sipping slow. So bitch don't kill my vibe Almost 10 years ago It was high Can I take your order? Now I'm 
leader giving out orders from the top floor uh, And I will never relinquish my throne With the strength of prophecy I'm never alone And as I tiptoe my way into the Hall of Fame I'm gonna make sure you never heard from a game Witness protection or six feet it's all the same Figure eight no escape you can't forget the I name I said uh. fan, Charlie, Send a fan dance or offended son of thigh I finish, yeah, I sand pen, send it to the stop. I rock, I send it like the center of the man. Kind of ass with thought, I'm it from the study with the thought. In the fire center with the Tell him by, ha, ha, tired of shit, early with the thought. I'm feeling like my tumble with the block. Take it down.